Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. We hope you enjoy this third installment of our Advent series, The Advent of Joy. Good morning. Good morning. Are you guys excited for Christmas season? Yeah? Edgar? Always? Okay. <laughs> oh man, I, I love Christmas. I love everything about it. It's just, it's just nice. It's fun. It's family. It's, uh, it's not as hot. <laughs> it's just, it's great. Um, we are going through our Advent series, and Advent is a time of expectant waiting and preparation for both celebration of the nativity of Jesus at Christmas and the return of Jesus. And we're going through our Advent series looking at Jesus, where he's taking on moments of uh, Advent items and their encounters with people. The first week we looked at uh, Jesus in the form of hope. The second week, we looked at Jesus in the form of peace. And this week, we're looking at Jesus in the form of joy. Um, it's kind of neat because Jesus in baby form really encountered three groups of people. And I want to look at those three people. And, and those are the three items of joy that we need. We're in each, each of these shoes at some point in our lives. And I love it. So number one, joy from salvation. Joy from salvation. Looking at Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12 says, Then there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're looking, you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. The, the first point of view I want to look at as Jesus is joy is when Jesus comes to the wise men. The joy that the wise men felt. It's, it's the salvation joy. There is something about when you're saved. The moment you're saved, there's just this joy that you have. Everything feels brand new. Everything feels fresh. Everything is completely changed. It's in that moment. That's, that's this joy I'm talking about. The joy that completely changes your life. So in, in the scripture, I want to look at three, three points out of joy from salvation. A, personal salvation. And do you remember the, the moment you accepted Jesus in your heart? Do you remember where you were at? Do you remember the, just kind of what happened? It's, it's this joy that sticks with us. I mean, I still remember when I was sitting at this camp, when I, I fully, really accepted Jesus. I was sitting at this camp, and I was in uh, the back right facing the stage, and I was sitting there, and the, the pastor was like, if you want to know Jesus, come forward. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to walk up there. I'm like, people are going to look at me. And I was like, how about this, Jesus? I'll say yes if you meet me here. And like, I just had this like agreement with Jesus, I guess, in my mind. And then I finished saying that sentence. And then some kid next to me said, hey, I think God just told me that I'm supposed to ask you right now if you want to ask Jesus in your heart. And I was like, oh, God's real. And it was like this moment where my life completely changed. It was this, this joyful moment that, completely changed my life forever. It's personal salvation. 
And the second form of joy in the form of salvation is salvation with others. There's this joy that we get when we see our friends and family become saved. The salvation moment. Right? Have you ever been praying for someone to be saved for a long time? Like more than a week, okay? I'm talking like when you get into the months and years and you start going into decades, those are the moments that you see someone saved and you're just like, I am filled with so much joy. And then it, like you can finally tell that person, do you know how much I prayed for you? It's like you want something back. Come on, <laughs> acknowledge how much I did that. Salvation with others. And then the, the third one is journey to salvation. I think this is interesting because a lot of times if we're, if we're in this journey ourselves or others are in this journey before they have salvation, it can be rough. It can kind of be hard. It's like, well, why won't you know Jesus like I know Jesus? Why, why won't you accept? Why won't you just do this? And if you are on this long journey that's just tough and hard. Right? The, the, the wise men had a physical journey that the, the angel said, set out, leave your homeland, go find Jesus, he's in a manger, right? Halfway through, they almost got beheaded because of Herod. This journey is treacherous, uh, but they had joy because they knew where they were headed. In our own lives, whether we haven't accepted Jesus yet or whether we have loved ones that haven't accepted Jesus yet, are we frustrated or are we willing to go on the journey that God has called us to? Because there's a promise at as light at the end of the tunnel. And that's where the joy is sitting. Joy is not in the middle when you're being yelled at or accused or all these other things. That's not the joyful part. The joyful part is holding on to the hope that is Jesus at the end of the tunnel saying, I know what I have for you. Just go after it. I know your family's going to be saved. It's just going to take some time. See, joy comes from Jesus in that future moment. That's where the joy is stirred up. It's not in the middle moment where you're like, ugh, come on, get your act together. That's, that's not the joyful part, right? The joy is, is the promise that we're holding on to, the promise that the, that the wise men were holding on to. Number two, joy from faith. I want to look at Joseph in his shoes. Joy from faith. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 22 the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure, out, figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She'll bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph's shoes... That's, that's an intense situation to be a part of. In this day and age, in, in this moment, his shoes are tough to fill. And he, could you, can you imagine that? Joseph, newly married, 
finds out his wife is pregnant, he jumps to conclusions and he's like, you know what? I still have enough respect from you that I'm gonna try to silently disband this marriage so that we both walk away unhurt. Like, can you imagine? He has some character. He, he has some class and God recognizes this, saying, you know what? This guy's heart, he, he knows that she's pregnant and the only way to get pregnant is by another person. And God's like, well, let's, let's, let's deal with this first so you know what's really happening. Oh my goodness. This is a tough situation to be part of. Go through with a wedding where the other one's pregnant from someone else and follow through. Joseph had to have some faith that God was really speaking to him in this. He really had to stick by this faith. I, man, it's in these moments when, when we decide to pull on all the faith we can muster, everything we can get together. And when those moments happen, when we say, God, I'm going to put all my trust and all my faith in you, that's when joy starts springing up because we can see God start to work. It's like I'm throwing all my eggs in one basket. I'm throwing everything in. All the chips are in, God. And it's all in faith. That's where this joy starts springing up. So the three things that Joseph had are A, trust. Trust. Because there's two things he could trust in, right? The, the first one was the gut trust, the feeling of the situation. I trust that something's wrong and I don't want to be a part of it. I'm out. He could have trust in that or he could have trust in God. God, I, I trust that this dream I had was actually you. Can, can, can you put yourself in that situation? He, he didn't see God. He just had a dream. We've all had lots of dreams. But he recognized, you know what? I'm going to take that dream as full fact and faith that God is real. <coughs> Trust. My note here is, are you trusting God or trusting what the situation is whispering to you? And I've had situations sit and whisper to me, oh, you're, you're not good enough. You're, you're, this, is, this is not going to work out. This is going to completely fail. You're, it's over. Give up. I've had that. I think everyone goes through those moments, right? Please acknowledge me. <laughs> Just kidding. Those are those moments where we say, God, I'm going to stop trusting what the world is saying to me. I'm going to stop trusting what every other person around me is saying. And I'm just going to trust in you. I don't see a way out. I don't actually know how you're going to accomplish this. But I'm going to trust in you. It's in those moments when God shows up, when God shows out and says, this is what I was doing. That's where the joy comes from. Because we trusted God rather than trust situations. Be Control. Joy comes when we allow God to be in control rather than trying to take control ourselves. I can promise you in all the areas of my life when I try to take full control and be like, you know, I'm going to run the ship on this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know what? It's not moving right. It's my, I'm just going to do it, right? 
in those moments, I don't feel joy. I accomplish it. I don't feel the joy. But on the flip side, when I allow God to take control and I see him show up and it happened miraculously and divine encounters and all this stuff shows up and it's amazing, there's this unprecedented joy that just comes out. I can't explain it. It's just God. If you're dealing with control this Christmas season and you're like, oh, I want this or I want this and this to happen and that and blah, blah, and you're trying to orchestrate this crazy Christmas thing to happen, it, it, you're going to lose your joy. It's not going to work. Just let God happen and say, God, I'm giving you control. I'm letting you be in control of this. You, you're, the, you're the ownership. And see, heart's desire. Heart's desire. There's something interesting that's happening with Joseph here. Because he has some needs and he has some wants. And God addresses them in this situation. It's this moment where Joseph's sitting here and the illustration is, Joseph's life is what he assumed was a rock he's holding in his hands, but it's actually sand, and it's slowly slipping through his fingers. He can't control it. He can't contain it. And, and all this situation is just falling through and falling through, and he's like, I need to ditch it, and I need to get rid of it before everything's gone, and then I'm, I'm out. And so he's, he's kind of going this panic mode of, okay, well, if I... If I, in the dead of night, if I do this, I talk to this person, I go here and I do that and I'll take care of this. And he's, he's just scheming all these things and God's like, hold up. I'm, I'm in control, but let's address what's really going on in your heart first. And I love this because only our God addresses not just the superficial monetary things that we need, but he says, here's what you need, I'm going to address it. Here's what you want, and I'll take care of it. He addresses both, and it's so amazing. Granted, if we want things that are outside of, like, realism and things that are outside the word of God, not so much. <laughs> okay, let's just, let's just get that white elephant out of the room real quick. So Joseph, what he needed were things to be righteous and morally correct. That's what his needs were. My marriage is something wrong here. She is pregnant. We're both virgins. I don't get it. I'm out. He needed things to be righteous because his ancestor was King David. And when you have that lineage going on, like you already kind of have, there's already some, you know, family history everyone knows about, Bathsheba stuff. You're like, I don't want to be part of it anymore. I don't want that on my name. I'm out. You know, he's like, I'm living righteous because I don't want people to associate. Okay, so he has some needs he needs God to address. And God's like, it's me. There's nothing else going on. But then he has this low-key want that's lingering. And it's so subtle. So in the, in the history, in this context... It was, and what's crazy is this same context has transferred to today's day and age. Men had a pivotal uh, 
weight on their shoulders to pass their lineage, pass their name on. And so David, or I'm sorry, Joseph being lineage of David was like, I have a lineage of ancestry of kings. And, and it's, he, he's looking at his firstborn and saying, I want to pass on my name's right. I want to pass on everything. And, and his name is weight. His name means so much. And, and likewise, in today's culture, oftentimes you see men having, keeping the last name. There's, there's something about this ancestry and passing it on. And, and this is in Joseph's mind. And he's saying, this isn't my child, so I can't pass on my name. And he's brokenhearted. He lost his joy because he's like, I, I'm going to have my child and I'm going to pass on King David's lineage through me on. And God addresses that and he says, I know you want this and you get to name him. And because God says, I want you to pass on this name. This will be the name. And God's saying, you still reserve what your deepest desire of want is, your name to pass on. And I love it because God addresses our needs and he addresses our wants at the same time. So a lot of times how we can do checks and balance of, is this God speaking? Is this God addressing what I need and what I want out of this life? Joy happens when we trust in God. Number three, joy from Jesus. Matthew chapter two, verse 11 says this. They, being the wise men, entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. This is, this is the, the look of Jesus to Mary. These are the shoes. This is joy from Jesus. How do we get joy in our everyday life? That's, that's, what, that's what this role is. Every single waking minute, how do we experience joy? It's not happiness. It's, it's joy. It's something more profound. It's something that's going on. And it's found in one sentence. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. How do you get joy from Jesus on a day-to-day, all day, if you want it? A, position. Where is the position between you and Jesus? How, how far in distance is Jesus from you? Where is his position to you? Mary, it was stated where the position of Jesus was to her. Jesus could not be any closer to Mary. He was engulfed in her arms, holding on to Jesus. That's the picture of how we get joy, the the first step, if you will, is the position between us and Jesus is close. Is Jesus with us no matter what all day long? Saying, God, I want to embrace you. I want to have you close to me. I want to be thinking about you. I want to be talking to you. What do you do when you have a child in your arms? You're engulfed. You're, you're staring at them. You're, you're talking to them. You're making up silly words that don't even exist. That's the imagery of what 
God is desiring with us to him, saying, Jesus, I, I love you. I worship you. It's, it's that, that moment where you just fully adore who Jesus is. And then B, joy from Jesus comes from relationship. They enter the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. His mother. It, it gives a title. It gives, it gives a relationship that happens. One of the best things we could do to find joy in our own lives is make sure that we have a relationship with Jesus. See, our end goal at the end of the day isn't to have a religion with Jesus. It's to have a relationship with Jesus. See, religion is just going through the motions and the steps saying, yes, I checked off my box today. I circled the things I was supposed to circle. I crossed the T's, dotted the I's. I did it. I, I made all the options in my religion. I'm good today. Nah, it doesn't really work. You will, you will feel the same at the end of the day as the beginning of the day, unless your type A personality just likes checking boxes and that will fulfill a different need that we don't have time to address. <laughs> relationship they entered the house saw the child in the arms of mary his mother his mother what is your relationship to jesus and how do you view jesus's relationship to you i love i love the word his right before mother it's possessive his mother his mother it's a possessive thing I want Jesus to recognize me as his child, his servant. There's a relationship that's happening here. And that's what brings joy. And then last one, C, entitlement. What? Joy from Jesus. They enter the house one more time, saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented the gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a baby in a mother's arms have a gift passed over and the baby hops out of the arms, grabs several pounds of luggage and walks away with it. I've never, I've never seen that. That would be really weird. The interesting thing is when they handed over the gifts, Joseph and Mary had to collect the gifts, right? But they belonged to Jesus? But they had to hold on to it and utilize it for Jesus. And I think that's, that's the greatest picture we can have. But there's something sneaky that can come in. Entitlement. See, when things happen on this earth, it's easy to see like, oh, wow, this is awesome. This, this showed up and this came out and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden we can think, oh, this is for me. That's fantastic. I love it. In reality, God's saying, I'm orchestrating you to be the servant because these are for me. We are to serve God. And we can sometimes feel entitled to what is supposed to be towards God and say, actually, I want to utilize this gift for myself. I really love doing this. So this is for me. And God's like, whoa. Oh, I built that purpose and gifting in your life to use it for the kingdom. That doesn't belong to you. That belongs to me. You just have to pick it up and use it for me. 
Well, all, all these things, this, this is for you to utilize for the kingdom. Don't ever get stuck in the entitlement trap. That's where joy just starts getting sucked out of our life. When, when, we, when we're actually utilizing how we're built, the, the giftings, the purpose, even the, the wealth that comes in, we're utilizing it for the kingdom of God, that's when joy just starts springing up. Say, oh man, I feel so good about this. I feel so great about that. That is where joy comes from. So in this, this Christmas season, as, as we're about to go into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I really want to encourage you. This is the moment to say, Jesus, you are my everything. I will not be entitled, but I will trust in you. I love you, God, with all that I am. And joy, joy is just the outcome of what happens with our relationship with Jesus. Our day-to-day, -day, our salvation, seeing others saved. I love it. I want to invite the worship team to come up one more time, and we're going to end our service um, just singing joy to the world. Let's close our eyes. And everyone, go ahead and stand. Lord, I pray for this, this week to be the start of where we start seeing joy in our lives. That we start seeing it every single day. We, we, we're equipped to understand how to get after joy, how to receive it because it's in the form of you, Jesus. Lord, you are our joy. You are everything. Lord, I pray that we would not feel entitled of, of oh, I, I have this and now I'm done, but we would start seeing the salvation in others. We'd start going after things in our life. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. For other episodes in this series or other series, visit our website at www.lighthouse805.com. You can also find out more about us there, opportunities to give, and just who we are in general. See you soon.